Section thirty one of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Abai in February two thousand twenty one. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume six. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd founding of the house of habsburg a d 1273 by william cox part one the house of habsburg also called the house of austria owes its origin and firm establishment to the most celebrated of the habsburgs a german princely family who derived their name from habsburg castle built about 1020 on the banks of the are in switzerland this founder of the imperial line was Rudolf, son of Albert IV, Count of Habsburg and Landgrave of Alsace. Rudolf was born in 1218 and died at Gemersheim, Germany, in 1291. He succeeded his father in Habsburg and Alsace in 1239, and in 1273 was elected German king, as Rudolf I, with the substance though not the title of the imperial dignity of the holy roman empire it is said that the electors desired an emperor but not the exercise of imperial power and that in rudolf they saw a candidate of comparative lowliness from whom their authority stood in little jeopardy at the age of fifty-five the new sovereign assumed his throne in the face of difficulty and danger he was opposed by the spanish claimant alfonso of castile and confronted a formidable rival in ottokar king of bohemia whose contumacy disturbed the reign of rudolph from its very beginning rudolph's enemies had appealed against him to pope gregory x and rudolph in turn sought the ratification of the pontiff to whom immediately after his election he sent messengers with a letter imploring papal countenance from this moment to the day when he finally overcame ottokar in the field and secured the possessions which became hereditary in the house of habsburg the historian narrates the steps whereby rudolf advanced in his career fortunately for the interests of rudolf and the peace of germany gregory x was prudent humane and generous and from a long experience of worldly affairs had acquired a profound knowledge of men and manners an ardent zeal for the propagation of the christian faith was the leading feature of his character and the object of his greatest ambition was to lead an army of crusaders against the infidels to the accomplishment of this purpose he directed his aim and like a true father of christendom was anxious to appease instead of fomenting the troubles of europe and to consolidate the union of the german states which it had been the policy of his predecessors to divide and disunite by the most insinuating address he knew how to conciliate the affections of those who approached him and to bend to his purpose the most steady opposition and he endeavoured to gain by extreme affability and the mildness of his deportment what his predecessors had extorted by the most extravagant pretensions the ambassadors of rudolph were received with complacency by the pope 
and obtained his sanction by agreeing in the name of their master to the same conditions which otto the fourth and frederick the second had sworn to observe by confirming all the donations of the emperors his predecessors to the papal see by promising to accept no office or dignity in any of the papal territories particularly in the city of rome without the consent of the pope by agreeing not to disturb nor permit the house of anjou to be disturbed in the possession of naples and sicily which they held as fiefs from the roman sea and by engaging to undertake in person a crusade against the infidels in consequence of these concessions gregory gave the new king of the romans his most cordial support refused to listen to the overtures of ottokar and after much difficulty finally succeeded in persuading alfonso to renounce his pretensions to the imperial dignity an interview in october twelve seventy five between rudolph and gregory at lausanne concluded his negotiations with the roman see and gave rise to a personal friendship between the heads of the church and the empire who were equally distinguished for their frank and amiable qualities in this interview rudolph publicly ratified the articles which his ambassadors had concluded in his name the electors and princes who were present followed his example and gregory again confirmed the election of rudolph on condition that he should repair to rome the following year to receive the imperial crown at the conclusion of this ceremony the new emperor with his consort and the princes of the empire assumed the cross and engaged to undertake a crusade against the infidels during the negotiations of rudolph with gregory x ottokar had exerted himself to shake the authority of the new chief of the empire and to consolidate a confederacy with the german princes he not only rejected with disdain all the proposals of accommodation made at the instances of rudolph by the judicious and conciliating pontiff but prevented the clergy of bohemia from contributing the tenths of their revenue or preaching the crusade he endeavoured to alarm the princes of the empire by displaying the views of the new sovereign to recover the imperial fiefs which they had appropriated during the interregnum and by his promises and intrigues succeeded in attaching to his cause the margrave of baden and the counts of freiburg neuburg and montfort but he secured a still more powerful partisan in henry duke of lower bavaria by fomenting the disputes between him and his brother the count palatine and by ceding to him scherding and other places wrested from bavaria by the duke of austria when summoned by rudolph to do homage for his fiefs according to the custom of the empire he returned a haughty answer treating him as count of habsburg a second summons was received with silent contempt on a third he sent his ambassador the bishop of Seckan, to the diet of augsburg and his example was followed by henry of bavaria these ministers were however only deputed to raise a feigned contest relative to the vote of henry and to protest against the election of rudolph the ambassador of henry urged the protest with moderation and respect but the bishop of Seckan delivered a virulent invective against the chief of the empire 
in a style conformable to the spirit and character of his powerful and haughty master he declared that the assembly in which rudolph had been chosen was illegal that the arbitration of louis of bavaria was unprecedented that a man excommunicated by the pope for plundering churches and convents was ineligible to the imperial throne and that his sovereign who held his dominions by an indisputable title owed no homage to the count of habsburg as he spoke in the latin tongue the emperor interrupted him with a dignified rebuke bishop he said if you were to harangue in an ecclesiastical consistory you might use the latin tongue but when discoursing upon your rights and the rights of the princes of the empire why do you employ a language with the greater part of those who are present do not comprehend the rebuke of the sovereign justly roused the indignation of the assembly the princes and particularly the elector palatine started from their seats and were scarcely prevented from employing violence even by the interposition of rudolph and the ambassadors quitting the assembly retired from augsburg the diet irritated by this insult passed a decree asserting the unanimity of rudolph's election they declared ottokar guilty of contumacy required him to restore austria carinthia and carniola which he had usurped and to do homage for the remainder of his dominions in case of refusal the ban of the empire was denounced against him and supplies of men and money were voted to support their sovereign to assert the imperial dignity and to reduce the rebellious princes to obedience the burgrave of nuremberg and the bishop of basel were dispatched to ottokar in the name of the diet to demand his instant acknowledgment of rudolph as king of the romans and the restitution of austria styria carinthia and carniola they accordingly repaired to prague and delivered their message tell rudolph replied the spirited monarch that he may rule over the territories of the empire but i will not tamely yield those possessions which i have acquired at the expense of so much blood and treasure they are mine by marriage by purchase or by conquest he then broke out into bitter invectives against rudolph and after tauntingly expressing his surprise that a petty count of habsburg should have been preferred to so many powerful candidates dismissed the ambassadors with contempt in the heat of his resentment he even violated the laws of nations and put to death the heralds who announced to him the resolutions of the diet and delivered the ban of the empire during this whole transaction rudolph acted with becoming prudence and extreme circumspection he had endeavoured by the mildest methods to bring ottokar to terms of conciliation and when all his overtures were received with insult and contempt and hostilities became inevitable he did not seek a distant war till he had obtained the full confirmation of the pope and had re-established the peace of those parts of the empire which bordered on his own dominions he first attacked the petty adherents of ottokar the margrave of baden and the counts of freiburg montfort and neuburg and having compelled them to do homage and to restore the fiefs which they had appropriated during the preceding troubles he prepared to turn his whole force against the king of bohemia 
with a solicitude which the power and talents of his formidable rival naturally inspired the contest in which rudolph was about to engage was of a nature to call forth all his resources and talents ottokar was a prince of high spirit great abilities and distinguished military skill which had been exercised in constant warfare from his early youth by hereditary right he succeeded to bohemia and moravia and to these territories he had made continual additions by his crusades against the prussians his contests with the kings of hungary and still more by his recent acquisition of austria carinthia and carniola in the tenth century austria with both styria and carniola under the title of a margravate was governed by leopold i of the house of bamberg it continued in the possession of his family and in eleven fifty six was erected into an independent duchy by the emperor frederick the second and conferred on henry fifth in descent from leopold as an indivisible and inalienable fief in failure of male issue it was made descendable to his eldest daughter and in failure of female issue disposable by will in twelve forty five frederick the warlike last duke of the bamberg line obtained a confirmation of this decree but dying in the ensuing year without issue and without disposing of his territories by will a dispute arose relative to his succession the claimants were his two sisters margaret widow of henry the seventh king of the romans and constantia wife of henry the illustrious margrave of misnia and his niece gertrude daughter of henry his elder brother the wife of premislaus eldest son of wenzelslaus king of bohemia and brother of ottokar but on the plea that neither of the claimants was a daughter of the last duke the emperor frederick the second sequestrated these territories as fiefs as cheating to the empire and transferred the administration to otto count of werdenberg who took possession of the country and resided in vienna as this event happened during the contest between the sea of rome and the house of swabia innocent the fourth who had deposed and excommunicated frederick laid austria under an interdict and encouraged the kings of bohemia and hungary and the duke of bavaria to invade the country the pope first patronized the claims of margaret and urged her to marry a german prince but on her application to the emperor to bestow the duchy on her eldest son frederick he supported gertrude who after the death of premislaus had espoused hermann margrave of baden nephew of otto duke of bavaria and induced their anti-caesar william of holland to grant him the investiture on the demise of frederick the second his son conrad was too much occupied with the affairs of italy to attend to those of germany the imperial troops quitted austria and hermann dying otto of bavaria occupied that part of austria which lies above the ends but wenzelslaus of bohemia prevailing on the states to choose his eldest surviving son ottokar as their sovereign under the condition that he should espouse margaret expelled the bavarians and took possession of the whole country gertrude fled to bela king of hungary 
whose uncle roman a russian prince she married and ceded to him her pretensions on styria on condition that he should assert her right to austria a war ensued between ottokar and the king of hungary in which ottokar being defeated was compelled to cede part of styria to stephen son of bela and a small district of that country was appropriated for the maintenance of gertrude but the hungarian governors being guilty of the most enormous exactions the natives of styria rose and transferred their allegiance to ottokar who secured that duchy by defeating bela at Kressenbrunn, and by the treaty of peace which followed that victory ottokar had scarcely obtained possession of styria before he deprived gertrude of her small pittance and the unfortunate princess took refuge from his tyranny in a convent of misnia having thus secured austria and styria and ascended the throne of bohemia ottokar divorced margaret who was much older than himself and to acquire that right of succession of frederick the warlike which he had lost by this separation from his wife he in twelve sixty two procured from richard of cornwall the investiture of austria styria and carniola as fiefs devolved to the empire he either promised or gave compensation to agnes daughter of gertrude by hermann of baden and to henry margrave of misnia husband of constantia ottokar next purchased of ulric duke of carinthia and carniola who had no issue the right of succeeding to those duchies on his death in the deed of transfer instituted december twelve sixty eight ulric describes himself as without heirs although his brother philip archbishop of salzburg was still living on the death of ulric in twelve sixty nine or twelve seventy ottokar took possession of those duchies defeated philip who asserted his claims and forced the natives to submit to his authority by these accessions of territory ottokar became the most powerful prince of europe for his dominions extended from the confines of bavaria to rab in hungary and from the adriatic to the shores of the baltic on the contrary the hereditary possessions of rudolph were comparatively inconsiderable remote from the scene of contest and scattered at the foot of the alps and in the mountains of alsace and swabia and though head of the empire he was seated on a tottering throne and feebly supported by the princes of germany who raised him to that exalted dignity to render him their chief rather in name than in power although the princes and states of the empire had voted succors many had failed in their promised assistance and had the war been protracted those few would have infallibly deserted a cause in which their own interests were not materially concerned the wise but severe regulations of rudolph for extirpating the banditti demolishing the fortresses of the turbulent barons and recovering the fiefs which several of the princes had unjustly appropriated excited great discontent under these circumstances the powerful and imperious ottokar cannot be deemed rash for venturing to contend with a petty count of switzerland whom he compared to those phantoms of sovereignty william of holland and richard of cornwall or that he should conclude a king of bohemia to be more powerful than an emperor 
the event however showed that he had judged too hastily of his own strength and of rudolph's comparative weakness and proved that when the reins of government were held by an able hand the resources of the empire were still considerable and its enmity an object of terror rudolph derived considerable support from his sons-in-law the electors of palatine and saxony and from the elector of brandenburg the burgrave of nuremberg the nobles of alsace and swabia and the citizens and mountaineers of switzerland having made the necessary preparations he with a judicious policy turned his attention to those princes who from the vicinity of their dominions were in a state of continual enmity or warfare with the king of bohemia he concluded a treaty with ladislaus king of hungary and strengthened the bond of union by betrothing his daughter to andrew duke of slavonia and brother of ladislaus he entered into an alliance with meinhard count of tyrol which he cemented by the marriage of his eldest son with elizabeth daughter of meinhard but his views were still more promoted by the general discontent which pervaded every part of the austrian dominions and by the anathemas of philip titular duke of carinthia and archbishop of salzburg who absolved the people of his diocese from their oath of allegiance and exhorted them to shake off the yoke of a tyrant and receive the chief of the empire the prelate made repeated exhortations to rudolph to hasten his expedition he drew a hideous picture of ottokar's oppressions expatiated on the discontents of the natives and their inveterate hatred to the bohemians and used all his eloquence to encourage the king of the romans to invade the country i observe he says the countenances of your adversaries pale with terror their strength is withered they fear you unknown your image is terrible in their imaginations and they tremble even at the very mention of your name how will they act and how will they tremble when they hear the voice of the approaching thunder when they see the imperial eagles rushing down on them like the flash of the lightning the plan formed by rudolph for the prosecution of the war was calculated to divide the forces and distract the attention of ottokar he himself was to penetrate into bohemia while his son was to invade austria and meinhard of tyrol to make a diversion on the side of styria to oppose this threatened invasion ottokar assembled a considerable army sent a reinforcement to henry of bavaria augmented the garrison of klosterneuburg a fortress deemed impregnable fortified vienna and dispatched a considerable party of his army toward teppel to secure his frontier but resigning himself to supineness and careless security he passed that time which should have been employed in repressing the discontented by his presence and rousing the courage of his troops in hunting and courtly diversions rudolph apprised of these dispositions changed his plan marched against henry of bavaria and compelled him by force of arms to desert the bohemian alliance he meditated a reconciliation between the duke and his brother the count palatine and to secure his cooperation gave his daughter hedwig in marriage to otto son of henry with the promise of assigning a part of upper austria as a pledge of her portion this success opened to him a way into austria 
accompanied by henry with a reinforcement of one thousand horses he traversed lower bavaria by ratisbon and passau overran that part of austria which lies to the south of the danube without resistance was received with joy by the natives and rapidly marched toward vienna this well-concerted expedition bore rather the appearance of a journey than a conquest and ottokar awakened from his lethargy received the intelligence with astonishment and terror he now found even his ally henry in whose assistance he had confided serving with his enemies his austrian territories invaded by a powerful army the people hailing the king of the romans as their deliverer and the adversary whom he had despised and insulted in the very heart of his dominions in these circumstances he recalled his army from teppel and led them through the woods and mountains of bohemia to drosendorf on the frontiers of austria with the hope of saving the capital but his troops being harassed by the fatigues of this long and difficult march and distressed for want of provisions he was unable to continue his progress while rudolph advancing along the southern bark of the danube made himself master of klosterneuburg by stratagem and encamped under the walls of vienna here being joined by meinhard of tyrol who had overrun styria and carinthia and drawn the natives to his standard he laid siege to the city the garrison and people who were warmly attached to ottokar and encouraged with the hopes of speedy relief held out for five weeks at length the want of provisions and the threats of rudolph to destroy the vineyards excited a small tumult among the people and the governor proposed a capitulation end of section thirty one